Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is Greg Likens, formerly host of the Finsiders, currently with 790 The Ticket in Miami, and you're listening to On the Finside. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the Finside. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Finside as we approach the NFL Draft. I am Brian Cat Catanzaro, and this is Paul Pickin, and we are on the Finside as we approach the 2017 NFL Draft. And Paul and I, for the Miami Dolphins, because this is a Miami Dolphins radio station, did a seven-round mock draft for the Dolphins using fan speak on the clock, which really takes the CBS big board and prioritizes them. We picked only for the Dolphins, and the rest of the mock draft was actually simulated. So Paul and I have very different boards. We didn't talk beforehand about who picked who. That way we can mix and match and see who picked who in these seven rounds. So, Paul, I'm going to throw it to you first. So there were a few interesting players on the board. Who did you go with with the number 22 pick? Uh, I went with who I actually want Miami to draft here based on – a, his athleticism, B, what I've seen out of the guy for, for four years, really, and, and what I see as his upside and what he could be for this team. And, and I went with Obi Melifonwu out of Connecticut. I think having him pair with Rashad Jones back there at safety is just going to be such a dynamic pairing. And getting that safety now gives you that eventuality of Rashad Jones probably has a lifespan with this contract that he just, he just signed, and Obi will be up for a contract right around the same time that Rashad Jones's contract rolls off the books, which, which plays out beautifully for me as well. I just, I love what that would bring to this team. No surprise for me there. I know you've been talking about Ovi Melifonwu, not only over the last couple of months, but for the last couple of years. So I went with Forrest Lamp, the guard from Western Kentucky, pretty much no surprise either. Uh, I feel that if you take him there at number 22, you're getting by far the best offensive line prospect in the draft, not just guard, but offensive line prospect. You put him right there at left guard from day one. You take all the other offensive line resources and you you shove them to right guard. You know, then you've got Bushrod, Urbic, Ted Larson, and Anthony Steen competing for that right guard spot, let the best man win. And it allows you in the second and third round to focus on positions that are a little bit deeper in that part of the draft, like, edge rusher and defensive back. But I I feel that if the Dolphins get down to the second, third, even fifth round to look at the guard spot, that that's probably not going to work out very well for them. So Paul, your second round pick where it seems like there's a lot of valuable players still left on the board. Yeah, I was actually really pissed because in the simulation, uh, Jordan Willis went two picks before and I was really thinking I could knock it out of the park and get him here. But unfortunately he came off the board. And so I went ahead and I picked a Dory Jackson, the corner out of Southern Cal. 
I think he's a guy that could step in day one and, and challenge Bobby McCain immediately for the nickel spot. He, he's kind of small at, at 5'10", but I think he's a guy that could come in here and be an immediate asset. And what I want out of our first two picks is somebody that can come in and be an immediate asset, not somebody that's going to come in and maybe eventually play somewhere down the road, which is why I stay away from a lot of positions here. And, and I just think Adoree Jackson could come in and actually challenge to get on the field right away. So going back-to-back defensive backs in your first two picks, that really would take that that secondary and beef it up a lot, get a lot of versatility with young players. I also went cornerback, went with a different guy, UCLA's Fabian Moreau. Reminds me a lot of former Dolphin Patrick Sertan in that Sertan was a projected – I'm going 20 years back now. He was a projected about third or fourth rounder, but was a good player, ran in the four fours. His tape snuck up on a lot of people. Moreau's kind of that same way. Now he he does have an injury, but he's also six foot, 203 pounds, ran a four, three, five, surprised everybody has some good tape to him as well. And I think if you've got Moreau, uh, Xavier Howard and Tony Lippett battling for those outside boundary cornerback spots, you've got three very young defensive backs and at least two are going to emerge successfully from it. And you still have Bobby McCain and potentially Michael Thomas in the slot too. Paul, my third round pick, I was very excited to see him there. He's he's one of my favorite players in the draft uh, after the first round, and that's Demarcus Walker, the defensive tackle from Florida State. The Dolphins right now, you know, it's pretty surprising that they don't, that they haven't signed a defensive tackle yet. Their only backups are Julius Wormsley and Nick Williams right now, but Demarcus Walker has the ability at Florida State to be that big base end on first down and then move inside on second and third down, too. He had, uh, I believe, 11 and a half sacks this past year for uh, the Seminoles against very good competition there in the ACC. Who did you go with in the third round? Well, I stuck to the defensive side of the ball, and uh, I went with an edge rusher here, something that I think Miami needs, especially given Cam Wake getting up there in years. The fact that Cam's probably only got a few years left in the tank, as great shape as he's in. And I went from the guy that probably would be able to take the most away from Cam Wake in terms of learning, knowledge. Very similar makeup here, and I can't help watching him and think it's Cam Wake Jr. when I watched Derek Rivers out of Youngstown State. He, he just phenomenal in the pass rush game. Absolutely phenomenal. He may be a third and fourth down DE in the vast majority of scenarios, but there is a place for that. The league has shown there's a place for that. He's a very young, active, and quick defensive end with a relentless motor and a great first step. And Easy pick here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Rivers was the other one I was considering, too. Out of Youngstown State, if you watch him on YouTube, you know, watch a couple of his games, this guy can absolutely fire off the edge. You know, played a lower level of competition, has some rawness to him, but there's a lot to work with. And when Cameron Wake steps out of the league, you know, you'd think in um, you know, two or three years at the longest, then Rivers could potentially step right in if he refines his game and learns under Wake. Very good pick there. Fifth round, the Dolphins do have three fifths, so we can go a lot of different directions. A lot of players going off the board from round three to round five. Uh, In the fifth round, I went with uh, Keonta Davis, the defensive end out of Tennessee Chattanooga. I was happy to see one edge rusher there that I was still pretty high on. Uh, 6'3", 267 pounds, really emerging football players, sneaking up on draft boards, supposed to go somewhere there in the middle rounds. So, Paul, so far to recap, I have guard Forrest Lamp out of Western Kentucky, cornerback Fabian Moreau out of UCLA, defensive tackle Demarcus Walker out of Florida State, defensive end Keonta Davis out of Tennessee Chattanooga. Your pick so far – First round, OB Melifon with a safety out of Connecticut. 
cornerback Dory Jackson out of USC in the second round, defensive end Derek Rivers out of Youngstown State in round three. Who was your first fifth-round pick? This is where I went guard here, and I know a lot of times you don't want to look at guards late as guys that are going to be able to step in and make an impact. But Ben Brain out of Michigan is a guy that we've talked about a lot. We talked about him with CK when we did our Offensive Guards episode, previewing the draft prospects. He's a guy that when you talk to CK, he talked about him potentially at the end of things in a year or two, ending up being the best guard in this draft. He's got some of the best athleticism. He's got great size and really could be a guy that steps in and challenges immediately. So we may end up getting three immediate starters and one impact player that that could be down the road out of these first four picks. And I absolutely love the way that this is turning out based on the way that's played out for me. Would be huge value there in the fifth round with, with Ben Braden, even bigger value if he secures a starting spot as a rookie. M- moving right along with your fifth round picks, Paul, who is your second choice? I went in a direction that a lot of Dolphins fans may kind of shake their head at, but I went ahead and picked Josh Dobbs out of Tennessee. I think he's a guy that could come in, learn under Tannehill, be that guy that finally unseats Matt Moore as the backup quarterback. No disrespect to Matt. He stepped in and had a good game last year in replacing Tannehill after he went down with an injury before gunslinging his way around not having great games, even though he put up decent stat lines. And I think Miami needs that young quarterback to learn under Tannehill that could potentially be the guy that could step in if he goes down with an injury. It's, it, it's time. It's absolutely time here. Funny enough, Paul, that was my fifth-round pick, too. Josh Dobbs, the cornerback out of Tennessee. <laughs> I and for, I mean, you nailed it. Exactly the right reasons. And I think at this point in the draft with Dobbs, you know, he's very rough around the edges, uh, more of that mobile type of quarterback, but he's really grown on a lot of general managers around the NFL because of his intelligence, because of his character, and he does have the physical tools to put it together. Now, can he completely do a 180? I don't know, but if if it does, it's probably going to take a few years. So it's so Dobbs is a player who is not really going to be somebody who makes Tannehill uncomfortable, nor should he, because he has a few years before he's going to progress. But if he does continue to step up and it is groomed correctly, you're at least going to have a good backup. And if he really maximizes those tools, maybe you end up trading him to somebody else in the league for first or second round pick. So very good selection. There. I'm glad we both agree on that. My third fifth round pick is going to be Stevie Tuakalava. Oh man, I don't even know. Stevie T, we're going to call him out of USC, the defensive tackle. He's a really that squatty run plugger out of USC, one of the better run stoppers in college football, but I think he will fall here to the fourth or the fifth round because the NFL tends to be more of a league now that doesn't emphasize first down, it's more second and third down where teams are are expected to pass a lot more. And he doesn't offer a whole heck of a lot uh, against the pass and and getting after the quarterback. But the Dolphins have had issues at defensive tackle with plugging in uh, a defensive tackle who can actually get there and hold up blocks for those linebackers. So I'm going to go with Stevie T out of USC. And now the Dolphins really do have behind their front line, they do have some, some young depth. They have Demarcus Walker. They have Keonta Davis. They have Stevie T as their fifth or eighth defensive lineman that they can start to rotate and maybe create a succession plan behind the Cameron Wakes and the Indomitances. For me, I went a direction that's also potentially going to be mystifying, obviously a little less mystifying now that we both picked the same guy with the, the previous pick. But Amba Etatawo 
out of Syracuse, wide receiver. He's a guy that has a lot of the raw physical tools and an innate ability to make some ridiculous catches and, and occasionally take over a game when he puts it together. He wouldn't be under any pressure in Miami. He could be that guy that if Devontae Parker doesn't turn into the player we know he can be and we all hope he'll be, maybe Edatabo's the guy that steps into that role. Maybe it's one of the guys already on the roster like Leontae Carew. But at least there's some form of a plan in place with guys that could potentially step into a starting role alongside Landry and Stills if that were to occur. If not, hey, a, a fourth receiver that can do some special things against the fourth DB for the other team, I'm good with that too here. So I'd love to see Miami take a look at this guy. I, I watched him a little bit in college before we even started looking at the draft stuff. Struck me as special on, on numerous occasions, and I'd like to see what he can do at the NFL level. Yeah, and that's a really low risk there in the fifth round. And a wide receiver like that who does have size, who does have speed, could also be a gunner for you if he starts really taking to the special teams. I mean, I'll go back to another fifth-round pick out of Syracuse from, gosh, a decade ago who turned into a Super Bowl hero, and that's David Tyree. Uh, same school, same height, weight, speed. Uh, so he could factor into special teams as well. Yeah, there, there's a lot of depth here in the fifth through seventh rounds at wide receiver. I, I was considering giving the Dolphins a receiver too. I went a little bit more needs-based in, in these. And so staying with that, with the seventh round, pick I actually took the player that I, I believe is the best punter in the draft and that's Austin Raykow out of Idaho and you know looking at Matt Dar, you know I think Paul we were talking about it every week that something just seemed to happen to him after the fifth or sixth game where he went from just in uh, you know we joked that he was the team MVP to uh, really a, a punter that ended the season, you know, in the bottom two-thirds of the league. So if you're telling me that with a seventh-round pick, you can really pluck out the projected best punter in college football, then I think that that's definitely worth a seventh-round pick. Who did you go with in the final round? I'm a little bit torn on, on taking a punter, even if he's the best punter in the draft, because the perception ends up almost being out there that he has to supplant Dar because you actually took a draft pick and, and – and selected the guy. So it's it's definitely a, high, a little bit of a risk well, there. Well, screw you too. I know, right? It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it's really it, it's all perception-based risk. It's not actual risk. You don't have to keep a seventh rounder. A seventh rounder doesn't always make the team. A third rounder doesn't always make the team. Let's face it. It's high percentages, et cetera. So, I mean, just a little, I, I just had to take a second and express my surprise at that. I went ahead and finally selected a defensive tackle here this guy he's got seven foot two wingspan and the biggest knock I had on him in college when I watched his footage was that he was a guy who was very active did a very good job rushing he had better strength than you would have expected for a 275 pound defensive tackle and then we actually had him as a guest on the show and I found out he's been working out all offseason and he's up to almost 300 pounds. He's also a guy that the Dolphins have inquired about and spoken to, and that's Patrick Gamble out of uh, Georgia Tech. The kid is a good kid, and he's a low-risk, high-reward player based on his motor in college. This is a defensive tackle that threw out a double-digit tackle game his senior year with a torn labrum. This is a defensive tackle who's had multi-sack games, and, and the kid's got a 7-foot-2 wingspan. If you can take a flyer on that in the seventh round – I'm down for that every day of the week. 
Yeah, a, a gamble is somebody we've had on the show, and uh, for all the reasons you said, down in the seventh round, I mean, I remember Dolphins of, of years past in the seventh round, uh, Jermaine Haley going way back in the day. You know, Terrence Fade blocked a kick that actually won the game against the Vikings. So the Dolphins have gotten some value at the defensive line there in the seventh round. So, Paul, taking a look, uh, cross-referencing our mock drafts here, what was one pick of mine that you would have changed? I'd have to say I probably wouldn't have gone defensive tackle in the third round. And, and, and for me, it's not an issue with the player that you selected there. It's more what Miami's needs are right now at defensive tackle. They really need a two-down defensive tackle right now to enter the rotation. You're going to see Sue on the field 90% of the time. You're going to see Jordan Phillips probably two out of every four downs, which is totally okay with me. I think he's going to excel in that role, et cetera. So you really need that guy that's going to occasionally spell Sue, but predominantly spell Phillips. And for me, with the Dolphins' other needs, I probably would have gone a different direction at that point in time. I would say, looking at yours, I, I liked every pick in your draft, except I'd say Adoree Jackson in the second round. And I'd probably be alone in that opinion because he's projected to actually go a little bit higher. I, I think that he has great kick return ability, great playmaking ability, too. And I think he does fit well as a slot cornerback. At that point in the draft, I still have bigger concerns about the Dolphins on the boundary. With Byron Maxwell, 29 years old, having injury problems, still a little bit hit or miss on Tony Lippett and Xavier Howard. That's why I gave them Fabian Moreau there in the second. But I, I, I really do like your fifth-round picks. I actually wish I could have swapped them out. The other two, Ben Braden and Edatao out of, out of Syracuse, because there really is some upside. And once you get into the fifth round, I tend to prefer upside as, as far as filling needs. So that will do it for us in our seven-round Miami Dolphins mock draft. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes as we approach NFL draft season. We have a lot of good stuff coming up. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the thin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the thin side. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.